when I arrived here, I always dreamed of uh, like studying in an American university. Oh my gosh, I'm crying. I'm sorry. Okay, you're making me cry um, too. It wasn't a plan because I was thinking like, mm, that's impossible for me to do that. Like, because I was very limited financially and I don't know anyone. I just manifested it. I just wished it. I just hoped it. When like 2018, I remember um, I, I already knew like, um, this guy now my husband mm-hmm. is an amazing person I told him to bring me to USC just to take a picture I posted it on Facebook like oh, I want to go to school and then now it's here <laughs> I'm crying oh my god I'm so yeah. sorry <laughs> no you're it's okay it's like tears of joy shoot it you know? yeah we are heroes and dreamers we are Welcome to another episode here at All Abroad Podcast. And here with me today is my friend Meg. Meg, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Uh, I just had my haircut by my I noticed. By like, you look like uh you look a little bit like Tinkerbell. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking. Um, you and I have been busy this past week, and I'm actually very proud of you for being uh, at all the events that we were at this weekend. So tell our viewers and our listeners, what have we done this last week? Yeah, I I can't believe I was out in two days in a row. Imagine that. Being an introvert, I feel like a little anxious with the thought of having to network. But at the same time, it's something I promise to work on is to come out of my shell, my, my shell more. So this weekend, we went to a holiday benefit concert for SIPA with Kumu. Shout out to the Kumu USA team. Yes. yes. And then the next day, we participated in the Pearl Festival in Long Beach. That was so fun. It's like all, two days in a row. Who's yes. that? I know. Who are you? I don't even know you, Meg. <laughs> Usually, Meg's like seven o'clock. I'm asleep. Like I'm yeah. FaceTiming Meg, and she's her head's already like in the pillow. <laughs> but so I'm very proud of you for uh, you know for for being out and about with me because I know I'm I'm always out and about because I take one for the team a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm proud of you. And speaking of Parol Festival, we played some fun games with the audience at the Parol Festival. So um, I can't wait to get that edited and, and release the footage for an exclusive YouTube content. So if you guys are listening to us right now, we also have a YouTube uh, channel. So if you're listening on, let's say, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or maybe you're on Spotify, Spotify right now. Yeah, uh, whatever podcast you're listening to, we also have a YouTube channel because we just decided that we're going to put faces into these voices, right? Um, 
And so sometimes we often release uh, exclusive footage of just things we, we we're doing that we can't really turn into an audio podcast because you have to see it like uh, in the 10, what, maybe 11 years that I've lived here. Uh, Meg, how long have you lived in Los Angeles? To, since 2004. So almost 20 years. Yeah. So almost. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe 18, yeah, 17 years yeah, yeah, of exactly. you yeah. living in L.A. I and Meg have never been to historic Filipino town, if you can believe it. So we learned a lot by visiting. It was really a really, really hot day. So we didn't get to do as much as we wanted to because we were both getting like irritated by being so hot outside. But you have you guys have to see that on the YouTube channel. We kind of explored as much as we can. We ate at a local restaurant. Uh, we showed you the big mural at uh, the historic Filipino town. Uh, what was the name of that park again? Uh, Unidad, Unidad Park. So uh, watch out for that. Uh, also, we have a footage out there when we went to Glen Ivy. It's not that often that we go to to we get time to go to the spa, let alone all five of us. Right now, you just see Meg and I. But you, normally there's five of us in this podcast. But, you know, we divide and conquer. And so, uh, you know, everyone has sort of like a busy schedule. So we try to as much as we can to interview uh you know, two at a time or something like that. So, yeah, check out our YouTube. Um, and also, I want to take a moment to highlight one of our dear, dear childhood friends who has always been so supportive of our content. And so many of our childhood friends are actually supportive of our content. But we're going to highlight one today. And I'm looking forward to highlight um, more of our friends. So, Meg, uh, I'm just going to give you the pleasure of saying who we're highlighting today. We are highlighting Chloe Boteros. Yes, Chloe is actually in um, Canada, Vancouver, I think, actually. Um, and so she commented on our interview with Rafi Tatenko, who's actually Meg's cousin, uh, fashion designer in New York City. Chloe commented, another great interview. Thanks for this inspiring content, mi amigas, in which we replied by giving her a shout out on our Instagram. And she said, proud of the great work you are doing here and all abroad and cheering you on always. So shout out to you, Chloe. Um, so Meg and I are very excited about our next guest, actually. So for all of you guys listening, be sure to leave a comment or a review for our podcast or YouTube channel um, so we can also feature you in the next episodes. So I'm going to interview, uh, I mean, I'm going to introduce our next guest, actually. You guys ready? Meg, are you ready? I'm excited. <laughs> I, I'm so excited. I can't wait to learn more about her and her journey, what the future brings for her. Yes, I love it. So here goes. Our guest is a proud transgender immigrant from the Philippines. She is currently the Workforce Development Program Manager for the Transgender Health Program of St. John's Well Child and Family Center, a Los Angeles-based nonprofit healthcare institution that serves more than 3,500 transgender and non-binary individuals all over the West Coast. She is also a consultant and member of a community advisory board at Brown University School of Public Health, investigating HIV risk, alcohol use, and stigma among, among trans women of color across the country using a community-based participatory research model. She serves as a council member to the Transgender Advisory Council of the City of Los Angeles, advising the mayor and other elected officials in key issues that face the transgender community. Before moving to the United States, 
in 2018, she earned a bachelor's degree in consular and diplomatic affairs in the fall of 2015, making her a first generation college graduate in the family. Yay! Wow, yes, wow, that deserves an applause. While finishing her degree, she committed herself to grassroots community organiza- organizing with the goal of reducing health disparities among minority communities in the Philippines. In 2012, she helped mobilize campaigns about the importance of women's health by volunteering for Akbayan, a progressive political organization who championed the passing of the Responsible Parenthood and Reproductive Health Act of 2012. She also served as the National Vice Chairperson of the Student Council Alliance of the Philippines, leading national efforts of LGBTQIA plus students and youth highlighting the importance of sexual health. This allowed her organization to help hundreds of Filipinos living with HIV get the proper care they need. She understood early on that through health equity and healing justice, it is possible to create a thriving and resilient community. She plans to start working on her Master of Public Health degree at the University of Southern California, and she looks forward to taking on leadership roles for healthcare organizations in Los Angeles. She aims to take part in the elimination of health disparities in underserved communities by completely integrating trans-specific and culturally responsive practices in providing effective overall care. Wow. Without further ado, let's welcome our special guest for today, Carla Ibarra. Hi. <laughs> wow. I learned so much just from reading that. Like I read it earlier to practice and I read it again today and I'm like, wow, you're amazing. Thank you for being here today. Thank you. No, thank you for um, sharing your platform with me. Um, it's an honor and Whenever, like, I get to visit, you know, meet people and have their platform, you know, shared with me, it's a humbling experience because, um, you know, like being in these places with, you know, like talking to people and just, you know, like talking about the things that I do and the things that you guys do is pretty amazing. And every time I love it, I love people. And Meg, you mentioned earlier you're um, an introvert person. I'm the total opposite. I'm very extroverted like like sweetie may (laughs) (laughs) yes (laughs) well yeah well sweetie may help me come out of my shell a bit so it's good combination friendship (laughs) yeah i think you guys balance each other and that's what you know that's what's important Wow. So back to you, Carla. (laughs) Super impressive. Uh, First of all, thank you for agreeing to be a guest on our podcast. Secondly, congratulations on being being chosen to on becoming a council member of Transgender Advisory Council of L.A. and being accepted in the USC for Masters in Public Health. That is a huge deal. How did you come about? Tell us your background story on how you become involved with the city of LA. Oh, thank you. Um, so I have um, I have something to share that I've never actually shared pretty much with anyone yet. Ooh, or at we least get exclusive. Oh, yes. <laughs> I think this will be the first time, actually. Um, so I was actually undocumented when I arrived here to the United States. Um, and I was looking for, 
you know, ways for me to, to get my, my HRT medications. So for those who doesn't know what HRT is, HRT is hormone replacement therapy. So this is what trans people do to, um, to transition from, you know, our assigned sex to transition to the gender that we identify with. So in my case, I'm a trans woman um, to get my hormone medications. Um, so I was like messaging friends, people that I know in LA, um, because I was really scared to ask, you know, people just go to clinics and stuff because I grew up in the Philippines not having a primary care provider or, you know, someone who will take care of me with my hormones and stuff. Right. Um, so I was asking around, I was connected to, um, to community organizers here in LA uh, who, who help trans women, you know, like um, homeless trans women, um, people who, who suffer from substance use disorder and stuff like that. You know, that's how it started for me. Someone helped me to to be um, to be there, you know, at the clinic at St. John's. Actually, it's a full circle. So that's when I, that's where I started. Um, someone actually referred me to them because they provide free to, um, I mean, low cost to free uh, medical care. That's how I started, um, and then and I got married, and you know, I realized that I saw the reality of being trans, though I'm privileged because I was able to finish school and stuff like that. I still saw the kind of struggle that um, the community faces here, especially trans women of color. Um, so I decided, you know, I made it a personal mission and a promise to of paying that kindness forward, you know, of that person who helped me to, yeah. to, to start with medical care. Amazing. Oh, that was long. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. And I was going to say, you know, you're not the only one. Um, as I mentioned, there's five of us here. And I, uh, one of us actually shared her story of being undocumented for a while as well until, you know, the papers were figured out. And then then she helped her parents, then now helping her brother and her auntie. So, yeah, you're not the only one. There's a lot. I'm sure the people are listening and, you know, thinking that they can relate or know someone that can relate. And this is the thing. Um, if there's any listeners here or um, viewers that you have who are undocumented, there's nothing to be ashamed about it. But I understand, you know, the stigma behind it because mm-hmm. of like the kind of culture here in the U.S. Um, being towards undocumented immigrants. But I'm telling you, you deserve to be here as much as anyone else. And that, you know, of course, just for safety reasons, you know, we don't really out these people because, you know. Of course. Yeah. So if you are watching and you're undocumented, I'm very proud of you. Yeah. Right on. <laughs> wait, wait, back to Meg's question. How did you get involved with like the uh, the the city of Los Angeles? Oh, is that the question? The yeah. city I was talking about. Um, I, I apologize. No, it's okay. <laughs> um, we wanted so- to know that part too. Mm-hmm. Initially, um, that's my community involvement. That's how it started. Mm-hmm. To the city of LA. Um so there was an opening, an application, mm-hmm. uh, because I'm, I'm currently serving as the program manager for workforce development at St. John's. Mm-hmm. And we get a lot of um, like community advocates, um, activists, you know, from the city who are getting their care from us. Um, so like even pretty famous trans people um, get their care from us. So, you know, whenever I, I, I talk to patients like how their care is, How's everybody doing? Um, is the care that they're getting um, quality or, 
you know, fit for what they need, stuff like that. And then um, I'm going to mention Mother Karina Samala, the chair. She's also a Filipino immigrant here, a trans-Filipino immigrant. Um, she asked me, like, if I'm interested, because um, this is the kind of work I do in the Philippines, too. So I told her, okay, I'm going to try. You know, I was saying Filipino, wala namang mawawala kung magta-try ka. Yeah. Something like Basically, that. Basically, like, you won't lose anything by trying. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I tried. Um, but I was telling her, like, mother, like, I call her mother. Mother, like, I don't want to be in, um, like, with your influence. I don't want to be, like, handpicked for that, you know? Because I, I don't like things handed to me like that especially in things like this you know we want to we want to have you know a representative who has the experience and then so i applied that was around august um just out of like you know curiosity and fun really to be honest Mm -hmm. and of course that wanting to of course to widen my reach you know as an activist here in la i got the email um it was a panel selection um, I was accepted to the board and I, I'm the youngest um, wow. to ever hold the seat. Yeah, so that's how it started. I'm like, it's still up to this day. I'm telling you both. I still haven't digested it, processed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. It's just surreal. It's just, it's amazing, you know, to yes. be able to, to take on that, that role. Yeah. And lastly, you know, um, with that, getting in the, the, the council, it's nice to feel that, you know, it's nice to be seen and be understood and be heard mm-hmm. by people who understand, you know, the struggles of being trans, you know, because it gives me and other people the permission, especially who are non-native English speakers here in the U.S., to keep moving forward, you know, to keep occupying spaces that most people will tell us that we don't deserve to be at. But I'm telling you, just keep having that audacity too. You know, I, I want to be there. I'm going to do it. And yeah. the rest will follow. And that attitude, there's, you won't lose anything for trying, you know, especially yeah. if it's something you're interested in, you know, that's the first thing. Um, and th- that's great. How long has that, uh, what do you call it, an advisory board? Is that the official name for that? Um, Transgender Advisory Council. Council. How long has that been around? Um, it's been established since... The early 2010s, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, um, in an effort to um, to address, you know, trans-specific issues in the city. Because um, around more than one-third of the population, of the homeless population here in Los Angeles, are trans and gender non-binary um, identifying people. So, you know, we recognize that there's really a need um, for 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 us to 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 have that kind of council who will represent you know the plight of trans people, um, yeah. So that's how it started, and I'm happy. You know that feels validating to me. You know because um, I'm suffering from <laughs> imposter syndrome. Even you know even before, um, I feel like whenever I achieve things, I'm faking it. I feel like I'm a fraud all the time. I'm hard on myself. Like oh girl, like you know like. Up until when are you going to do or like, are you are you going to, you know, keep lying to yourself that you're doing something? But, you know, it's nice. It's very validating and reaffirming that, you know, this actual institutions see me, you know, that's fitting to be, you know, to be on the seat uh, with them. 
So Carla, with all these leadership roles you are taking on, what would you say is the most important mission for you in the coming year? I think not only for the coming year, but I've made this as a lifetime or lifelong commitment for me. It's a personal mission for me is, you know, to keep holding space for people who look um, and speak like me, you know, especially to the young trans kids who might be seeing this or, you know, families of immigrants who maybe have, you know, trans family members um, that they can count on me when it comes to properly representing the community and not only do, doing that, but, but by also like holding the door wide open so that others may come in and have a seat with me at the table. Yeah. That's my commitment. I love that. I want to get into a little bit of your background because uh, you're from the Philippines, but where are you from the Philippines and when did you move to the U.S.? Mm -hmm. So I was born and raised from Paranaque City Uh in Metro Manila. So it's close to the airport. I moved to the United States in November of 2018. Yeah. 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 So and, it's like it's pretty recent actually. <laughs> Just yeah. three years ago. <laughs> wow. And were you also active with the LGBTQIA plus community there? Yes. In the Philippines? I was very active. Um as soon as I actually started college, I started volunteering and you know, joining um organizations in and out of uh, uh the university. Mm-hmm. And also um, because that's around the time that I came out too as um, a trans person. So, you know, like I was in a Catholic uh, university and, you know, seeing that I wasn't allowed to, you know, like the guards will follow me. I wasn't allowed to be in restrooms. So I'd rather, you know, not pee while I'm, you know, in when school. I'm when I'm in school because of that fear of, you know, them following me and always calling me out and singling me out that, hey, you cannot use the restroom. That's how I started um, advocating for, especially for trans people um, in school. I ran for the student council when I was in second year college um, as a vice president and I won. <laughs> people like me, um, you know, whenever they see the the credentials, they, they always feel like, I don't know, that's how I felt too. While I was listening to you, Sweeney, when you were introducing me, I felt like, oh, she's such um, a serious person, you know, like doing all this serious stuff. But in reality, no, like I'm very fun. Yeah. Um, I speak the language, mm-hmm. um, you know, <laughs> you know, those stuff. And I'm freaky too. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. We're going to have some fun later for sure. Towards the end of this, we'll play some games. <laughs> oh, so that's good that you've always been active too um, before moving out here. Meg, go ahead. Uh, okay. Carla, I'm curious. When, when did you officially transition? Tell us a little bit more about that story mm-hmm. and what was that like? Take us back to the day that everything finally made sense to you? Were, you, were the people around you supportive? Um, so, so I will answer the first part of the question first. Like, okay. when, did it, when did it all like finally make sense? Um, actually, as early as when I was seven or eight, 
I already knew that, you know, I am different. Um, I've been knowing. And then, you know, we have different types of transitioning um, just to, uh, for the information of the viewers. It's not only physical, but also personal. Yes. You know, the, the internal, uh, internaliza- um, internalizing of the, the transitioning, right? Um, even though I was still presenting male, I started when I was in first year high school. Like I knew that that day will come when I will be fully embracing, you know, my womanhood. Um, so what I did, that's how I started with, you know, actualizing myself. Um, what I did, I, I strived hard to, uh, to perform really well in school. To try to compensate, you know, my difference so that, you know, when people who are important to me find out that I am not what they think I am, they will be accepting of it. But now I've, I do not ab- advise it to anyone. You, you do not compensate for your difference to other people. Yeah. You do not do that. Um, but because, you know, I was raised in that kind of environment. Um, it's a defense mechanism and a safety measure. So you're myself. saying, so you're saying, like to to compensate for you being different and feeling different, and maybe people feeling uncomfortable you being different. You 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 were kind of like let's say an A student. Yes. Just just so if they uh-huh. they say oh she's ganon, mm-hmm. but that's okay because she's an A student. Like you thought that was how yes, you had to do it. That's how exactly it was in my family. Mm-hmm. My mom will always talk about me before, though. Mm-hmm. Um, I will show this to my mom and she will see this. I love you, mother. Um, but before she will talk about me to her friends that, oh, there's always the even though um, even though my 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 son is gay or even though he's effeminate, um, like he's really doing well in school, like I graduated valedictorian um, in high school from a public high school. And, you know, I was in 100% scholarship in college. So it's really a part of all the plan. But it was very traumatic to me. You know, I do not, I do not wish that to, to anyone, especially to trans people. No one deserves to go through that kind of pressure that I was really forcing myself, you know, because I had that constant feeling, um, you know, of needing to overperform to, again, to compensate my difference to, to them. And, um, the next question, Meg, if um, people were supportive, no, they weren't very supportive. My dad asked me, like, so um, he said his exact words were, um, like, kan lalaki, tapos pang babae ka. like, you look like a man, hardcore like a man, and then you're going to dress like um, as a woman. Like, that's absurd. That's weird. You know, that's uh, like, you're a freak, essentially. Um but I didn't know how to defend it. So I was just, you know, quiet about it. Um, you know, I just did my thing that, you know, push myself further. You and know, it's, that, hard, you it's know. hard. It's hard to defend yourself to adults as, as, a, yes. as a young child. Like you feel like you can't talk back, you know, you can, yes. you know, to, yes. so yeah, I get that. Uh-huh. And then um, finally, second year college, I got exposed to people who are, you know, taking feminizing hormones, which are my friends too from school and outside of school too. Um, I've met for the first time. I was around a group of actual trans people. Um, A part of me before as a kid didn't want to be 
trends because the the trends that I know is those people who are just you know in the streets like people berate them people people laugh at them you know what I mean so I didn't want to be associated with that kind of um with that kind of identity to me that was shameful but I realized as I went along that it was shameful because people made it that way because people constantly attack them that opportunities you know were not available to people like me but I kept denying it I kept suppressing it until I was in tech in your college I started taking hormones right I saw actual trans people from other universities too um who are trans I'm like oh my gosh like it's I'm not alone yeah I'm not the only one yeah you know there's that very a feeling of relief um, when you see people who look like you and who embrace, you know, their identity. Like it's something, you know, before I I treat it like something to be ashamed of, you know, or something that's not really like, you know, to be a source of pride, that kind of thing. So it's not only the physical transitioning and emotional and mental transitioning. It's also my actual attitude towards, you know, transness. It's, it was amazing. It, it was a roller coaster until my parents saw that, you know, I was becoming really like feminine, you know, because of the hormones. And they saw how, how normal I was because they thought that, you know, I cannot fault them too in a way because they're a product of our time. And, you know, like they grew up like that and they didn't have the resources you know what I mean? Yeah. So I understand to a certain point that um, they do not, they're, they're ignorant about it. Mm-hmm. And then until when I started, you know, like, because I'm going to school and then I'm, I learn things and then I bring it home. I tell them like, okay, so this is the thing. This is why the community is like this. This is why we don't laugh at them. But instead we, we lend the hand, like we, we help them. We hold their hands and walk with them. That's how I told them. I told them that even though you didn't, I didn't really feel accepted, but you still kept on trying to understand me and look where it got me. So I told them we got to be like that to other trans people too, so that they too may have a chance in life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's the transitioning. You know, it's, and it's not only yourself, but also the people around you. Yeah. Um, you got to like condition them that, hey, you know, like I go by Carla now. Um, th- these are the pronouns that I use. Um, stuff like that. And also, I feel like there's a lot of people that are still really not confident about what they know about transgenders and um, just the LGBTQIA+. You know, and, and for some, I, I mean, I've had friends, they're like, what is IA+. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. like they, it stopped at LGBTQ. It used to be LGBTQ, what's IA+. So let's take this moment, maybe, Carla, if you could just share something, to me, even like basic understanding for people who are looking for answers, but not know where to look and maybe don't have time to actually Google things. So, I mean, let's, let's give them the info. What can you say about, you know, just basic information that they should know? Okay. So, um, so, 
since I'm trans, I'm going to start with that. So what is trans or transgender? So just for the information of everyone, transgender, the word transgender is actually an adjective. So it means that we use it um, together with a noun, which is like person or woman or, um, you know, any, any nouns like girl, boy, woman, man. So transgender woman. So we don't call them transgendered or just transgenders, but instead a transgender person. You know, mm-hmm. it's used to describe the person. So what is trans? Like, what's the meaning of it? So trans, the word trans or transgender means that um, a person is born with a particular assigned sex, but their gender identity, their personal identification doesn't conform with the with the with the with the sex that they were assigned at birth. So for example, me, I was assigned male at birth. My birth certificate um, was M because of the, um, like the external part, uh, the genitalia. Um, but then as I went along, you know, growing up, my, my, the idea, the inter- um, like the internal self is not really like, of a man but instead of a woman so that's trans so we have now we're moving on to cis like cis cisgender women cisgender men so when we hear when we hear the word cis especially now in social media we see it everywhere is it cis- sis or sys i don't even know um <laughs> you're C-I-S. teaching C-I-S. cis or see i'm so wrong cisgender people okay. you know cisgender means you are born um, of a particular sex and your gender identity conforms with it. Just mm. like you, Sweeney. So you're a cisgender woman because you were born a female and your identification to yourself is a woman or mm-hmm. a female person. Mm-hmm. There you go. So that's really it. What's uh, that? The IA plus. There you go. Of okay, the LGBTQ. So, um, the IA plus means that um, it, the plus first, it, it connotes that human sexuality is not just limited to just the terms that we currently have. Mm-hmm. It actually ev- it's actually ever evolving. Mm-hmm. Um, science have proven that several times um, that, you know, like before we used to think that sex and gender is just a binary, you know, concept that it's just black and white, that it's just male or female. But as we went along as science advances, you know, as we learn more about you know, human psychology and sexuality, we realize and we discover that, damn, like people do actually exist in, you know, in, in, in different hues, you know, in terms of color, not just red, not just yellow. Sometimes they're orange, you know, sometimes they're teal. Sometimes they're, you know, a mix of everything. So everything in between. The, mm-hmm, yeah, that's why you have the plus. So that shows that you know it 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 can actually there there can actually be more to it. The I is actually intersex. It stands for intersex. So these are people um who were born with uh with both the parts of um a female and a male figure. Mm-hmm. Um, um there it, it is actually approximately like a very small percentage of the human population is actually intersex. I know people who are intersex. So these people exist. Isn't so there another like term? That. Isn't there another term for that when they're both bo- bo- born with both genitals? Uh-huh. 
Um, it's her, hermaphrodite. Uh, um, the term that, yeah, huh? oh, yeah. Uh, the term that they used to use, hermaphrodite. But um, like the medical term now is intersex because um, they realize that it's actually dehumanizing and it's a very stigmatized term um, because we use it mainly to animals like starfish mm. or seahorses, who who um, which actually like shows like you know <laughs> characteristics of yeah. being um, a hermaphrodite. Um, what else? Um, the A, um, it stands for asexual. Like some people do not really have like romantic attraction at all. And it is, in fact, gender identity. Oh, so, you know, see, I'm learning something because mm-hmm. I didn't know and, that. Mimi, I think this is this is actually not a common knowledge at all. Even when um, I stumbled upon this one, I was surprised too. And I realized I was analyzing myself as a trans person. Damn, it's right. It's true that trans people like myself develop our sense of identity the same rate as regular cis people, straight people like yourself. So when you realize that you like boys, Sweeney, when you were like in kindergarten or grade school, that's when I, we also realize that we're attracted to, um, to who we are attracted to and the kind of identity mm-hmm. that we have. Does that make sense? Yeah. And when I when I when I stumble about um um upon that research, I'm like, oh my god, that's true. Because um I remember the first attraction I had when I was in, I was in grade two, I think. Like there's this um classmate I had, and he's a friend. He's still a friend today. And I told him now that you know um you were my childhood crush. I told him, and he was <laughs> laughing. <laughs> So it's the same with um, hetero kids. Yeah. I'm going to put Meg on the spotlight. Is that true for you, Meg? (laughs) Did you realize in grade school? Yeah. Yeah. But maybe, maybe is it because maybe it still confused you or something that you were kids? Yeah, it could change or. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a thing too, um, like gender is fluid, you know, some of it actually. Um, some people do not even exhibit the, the symptoms, a lack of a better word, um, the symptoms of being, let's say, trans, not until like they're like in their later life, you know, um, there are a lot of tr- um, like elderly now who are coming out as trans people um, because you got to understand, too, that aside from personal like personal attributes to, you know, like your identity, the cultural aspects plays a very big role too. That, you know, a part of your brain or mind just blocks the idea of entertaining the fact that you might be trans. Um, That's why people just realize it later in life. So, you know, these are the things that, you know, the realities of, you know, human sexuality. And I hope that people who are watching are learning. <laughs> and I'll be happy to be a resource person um, if I, I didn't answer any of the questions that they might have. Um, feel free to, to comment the questions and then Sweeney will forward it to me and I'll be happy to answer those questions. So tell us about the documentary that you were a part of called <laughs> Power of Kindness with Lady Gaga. How did that transpire? You know that one? Oh, that's amazing. Now it, it takes me back to the experience. First and foremost, Lady Gaga was amazing. Um, like she's really down to earth. I shared lunch with her. 
Um, we kikied a lot for the three days. We were talking like very personal stuff. Like I asked her, like, do you ever take Uber? Stuff like that. <laughs> was it was it one on one time with you and Lady Gaga or a lot of? We people? had that. We had that. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah. Like we were we were sitting together during lunchtime um, on set. So we we got the chance to you know um, had the. Uh, you know, very small talks and stuff like that. Unfortunately, we weren't a- we were not allowed to use our phones to take not. pictures. Yeah. So, um, my boss initially, my my director at St. John's, she was sent a- an invitation, like if she might know any person who are advocates for the community and stuff like that, who can talk about you know their journeys with kindness and mental health. Um, I love my boss. Uh, she reached out to me, Carla. Like I, I thought about you. Maybe you want to give it a try if you have a, you have the time. I'm like, yeah, sure. You know, whenever there's a chance for me to to share my advocacy to people, I do it. Just like this one. Um, so I, I did it. You know, because in the invitation they didn't talk about Lady Gaga. They only said um, we will be filming it. You know, for three days and stuff like that. I thought it's just a regular commercial or ad. Um, for Facebook and stuff like that. But I knew it was in partnership with Facebook. So I'm like, oh, pretty big, you know? And then first day, I didn't even, I, I still don't have any idea about the whole Lady Gaga thing. I only know that I came in prepared, you know, like just the usual stuff I talk about, you know, mental health, you know, paying the kindest forward, you know, people who did you good, you know, you, you, you pay that kindness forward to other people, you know? And we spread kindness like that. Um, and then they were doing makeup and stuff like that. Um, yeah. One of the, 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 the staff, they were just like, okay, like, we got to be ready because um, our special guest is coming up. I'm like, oh, damn, like, we have a special guest. Mm. Um, <laughs> and then she just walked out like she, I mean she just walked in casually. Girl, the reaction in the and the on the first part of the documentary is legit. It's not it's not scripted that I was really gagging when I saw her. Like yeah. walked in like how is everyone? I'm like girl, I was gagging. Like Damn, they didn't even tell us. Like, I yeah. could have prepared, you know, like what I was wearing that day. I could have at least, you know, acted a little extra and proper. Yeah. You know. <laughs> um, yeah. That's that's the whole Lady Gaga experience. Were you starstruck to, uh, at I the was. least? To say? Yeah. I was. And I'm not the person who's like big on celebrities. Mm-hmm. Um, but with a person like Lady Gaga, you know, like she shares her, her platform with, you know, with people. And her advocacy too for with with the LGBT community. So it's a it's personal to me. You know, it's a personal thing. And I like her music. Yeah. Um, I'm like Lady Gaga initially too. I doubted that is that really Lady Gaga? But yeah, like I saw that people came in with the Born This Way Foundation t-shirts. t-shirts. I'm like, damn, like, this is for real. Like, this is happening. Because I was just going to say, um, did you recognize her? Because I don't, I don't think I'd recognize her if she just walked by. She looks normally. different in person. Mm. Um, she's so short. You she know what? Like- a lot of the stars are super short. Let me take that back. Not super short, but shorter yeah. than you think. 
Yeah, I was I was surprised because I was thinking like she might be around my height, you know, mm-hmm. but no, um, shorter I than mean, you. Yeah, like shorter. Than me. Well, I what's mean, your height? What's your height? I'm five, six, mm-hmm. five, six, five, seven. Mm-hmm. I even made the remark to her um, that I thought you were going to be taller. And she told me the exact words, Lady Gaga. She told me, girl. This is where the 10 inch heels come to play because she was wearing those like big platform, big shoes, stuff like that. Yeah, that's a whole experience. And she donated money to St. John's. Mm -hmm. Um, Like she let us choose um, after the filming. We were crying like and it wasn't shown in the documentary. It was cut, you know, Um, but like people were crying because it really felt well, it was legit, you know, as an experience, aside from being Lady Gaga, but the way they they facilitated the whole thing, we had therapists on site, like yeah. to properly, you know, when people uh-huh. um, get triggered or when people need, um, you know, like crisis counseling and stuff like that, because we talked about things that could be triggering to a lot of people. So we had therapists on site. So it was legit like that. Um, it was amazing. She asked every one of us, like, do you have any specific organization um, that do help um, underserved communities that you want to donate? And it's going to be under your name. I was gagging, girl. I was really gagging. Of course, it's St. John's. Like, St. John's helped me. And of it's course. a full circle. I'm now working there. And we would... We could really use the funds, you know, to 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 help more people um, get their proper care from us. Yeah, so it was a really amazing experience, and I think one of the most memorable life experiences I had. Girl, yeah, I mean, <laughs> they set you up real good though, because that's a, you know, they you didn't know she was coming, and then the way she entered, you know, I mean, I can I can tell probably just you know emotional at that point because of the surprise and everything that's amazing and you know lady my favorite story that lady gaga tells over and over is when an ex-boyfriend of hers told her something like you will never be anything and then she turns around and tells him you know one day you're who was it you're you're gonna be in coffee shops and you're gonna hear my song something like that every person celebrity big shot or whatever they all have their own struggles that's true and i think um i want to echo that sweeney um to all the viewers too and listeners that there's lesson to that that you know people will tell you that you can't do it people will tell you that you can't be here or you can't sit with us but do it anyway there's nothing more amazing satisfying um, and satisfying mm-hmm. to to prove yourself first and foremost to prove yourself that you can do a lot better and secondly like to prove those people that they're wrong yeah for treating you like that and this goes to all immigrants to all people of color here in the u.s um to my fellow filipinos here people will tell you that you know the way we speak is funny you know, um, the way we eat our food is disgusting or weird or whatever. But, you know, do it anyway, because we're winning, honey. Like we're here and <laughs> we're conquering spaces and we will not we will not go away. Filipinos yeah, will be it, here. <laughs> and, I, and I hear you. And, you know, there, there was a time where our accent is 
something to be ashamed of, something people made fun of, the, our food and everything. But look, Spider-Man just came out. I haven't seen it yet, so don't give me any spoilers because I think you've seen it. <laughs> but I know all about the Filipino Lola and how yeah. everyone's talking about it. And I've seen posts from people saying, you know, this is proof that you put something Filipino in there and Filipinos will come in droves to yeah. support it. So, you know, there was a time when when Balut was ill, but next thing you know, it's on fear factor. Now everyone wants to try it or, you know, so, you know, there'll come a time that, you know, or your time will come. There'll come a time yeah. that your time will come. There you go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, you know, that. like um, people will make fun of you, but I want to tell everyone that, you know, don't also forget that there will always be people who will be rooting for you, mm-hmm. who will be there, um, who will always have your back no matter what. And I think, you know, that's the beauty of, you know, being a minority here um, because people expect us to always keep failing and stuff like that. But not anymore. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. It will only get better. <laughs> yeah. And, and if, you know, if if no one's rooting for you right now, it's just you probably just haven't found your community. So, you know, hey, hey, leave that circle and find another circle. That, that's, that's all true. it is. Don't give up on yourself. Right. That's so um, my next question to you is, how do you feel about the pace in which the society is in when it comes to learning the acceptance of the LGBTQIA plus community? Wait, but before you answer that, uh, I'd like to take a quick pause for an ad. Need to send money to the Philippines? We've got just the app for you. Download the SendWave app now, available on Google Play or Apple Store. You can send money to your loved ones in the Philippines without paying any fees. The recipient will receive their money through their GCash, any major bank accounts, or to any partnered cash pickup locations. The money transfer is sent quickly within minutes and bank transfers within one to five hours. That's fast. Download the app today. Sign up and select the Philippines flag. When prompted, enter the promo code ALLABROAD in one word to receive a bonus of $10 or close to 500 pesos. If you forget to enter the code in the beginning, you can still do it on the upper right-hand side of the app by clicking on the person icon and finding the promo code field. Remember, the code is all abroad. So let me repeat that question. You know, how do you feel about the pace in which the society is in when it comes to learning the acceptance of LGBTQIA plus community? In a nutshell, there's still a lot of things that needs to be done, like a lot, a lot. Um, the fact that, you know, not only for the LGBT community, but for every minority that um, this country has. Um, the fact that we're still talking about whether women um, are in charge of their bodies or not. The fact that um, we are still debating whether the vaccines are effective or not. Um, so these things, um, there's still a lot of things that need to be done. Um, but specifically, specifically for the LGBT community, we're getting there, though. We've made a lot of progress in the last five, 10 years. Um, in 2015, um, federally, it, was it 2015? Um, marriage equality was finally, you know, uh, has finally became uh, a federal law. 
mm-hmm. in 50 states here in the US. So we made those, you know, we're slowly making those progress. But yeah. at the same time, you know, trans people, especially trans women of color, are still murdered and killed in rates where it's just really unacceptable. And the way that, you know, like the violence against us and all minorities are still there. You know, we will not stop. We will not stop. But again, like where we're getting there, um, you know, just baby steps, but we'll surely, you know, get there where like we'll, we'll get to a place where um, we'll get to enjoy um, and live life here in the U.S. without the fear of being persecuted, being oppressed um, and other stuff, all the good stuff. Uh, what opportunities and challenges do you foresee in the public office being Filipino descent and transgender? First, the opportunity. Um, opportunity to, for sure, inspire more people. Um, because I wasn't, I'm not just a Filipino. I am an actual immigrant who was born and raised back home, back in the Philippines. So I carry that experience with me and bring it here. Um, so that's an opportunity to, aside from inspiring actual Filipino kids and immigrants here. Um, the fact that you see someone who look like you, you know, that's big deal. Um, another opportunity is that, you know, I have an experience that no one else have in the council. So that for sure is something like, you know, for them to, to, to hopefully, you know, learn, learn a lot of things about the Filipino culture, the trans Filipino culture and stuff like that. Um, challenge for sure is always, you know, constantly still, there's still that expectation that we got to prove something to them because we're immigrants. Um, so I'm anticipating that, um, that we will hear, you know, microaggressions because I have an accent or because I'm young or because I'm trans. So for sure, those are the things that I know, um, will be there along the way. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I'm very excited overall um, with the opportunity. Um, yeah, and I'm only looking forward. I'm officially starting um, with them on January too. Wow, nice. Yeah. Well, I want to know, was this all a part of your plan? Um, because in your recent post on Instagram, you said, and I quote, I'm going to read it. This is it. This is what I have been manifesting since I moved to Los Angeles. And now it's happening. I got in. I got in. I stand on the shoulders of the people who paved this road for me and I dedicate myself in the re- in return to be a part of that legacy by holding the door wide open so that a feat of this kind becomes the norm rather than the exemption. So being a part of the politics, you know, going to the university, was it a part was it all a part of the plan? I'm kind of like getting teary eyed like hearing you like read that. Um when I arrived here I always dreamed of uh, like studying in an American university. Oh my gosh, I'm crying. I'm sorry. Okay, you're making me cry um, It wasn't a plan because I was thinking like, mm, that's impossible for me to do that. Like, because I was very limited financially and I don't know anyone. I just manifested it. I just wished it. I just hoped it. When like 2018, I remember um, I, I already knew like um, this guy, now my husband, mm-hmm. is an amazing person. 
I told him to bring me to USC just to take a picture. I posted it on Facebook like, oh, I want to go here to school. And then now it's here. <laughs> I'm crying. Oh, my God. I'm so yeah. sorry. <laughs> no, you're okay. It's okay. It's like tears of joy. Shoot. It you know? Yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't a plan. Like the politics thing, it wasn't the plan. All I wanted was to, you know, like, someone like me who's an immigrant who's trans to not go through the same thing that I went through that kind of struggle like that fear of not knowing who to ask because there's always that fear of they might be like calling immigration on you and stuff like that you know so no one deserves to to go through what I went through so I just wanted to help people that's really it like getting all these positions and stuff like it wasn't a plan i just want to have like a, a normal regular life you know but it arrived and the best way to to move forward with it is to grab it yeah you know listen manifesting yeah. is real and even meg can attest to this tell tell carla a little bit of a story even just the ruby ibarra thing tell her real quick we were me and sweetie were having brunch a year ago a year was it a year ago it has to be and we were planning we were having like brainstorming and I told Sweeney about this um, Filipina scientist slash rapper, Ruby Ibarra. And I didn't know her at the time. And, I didn't know of her either. She's and I, I, told, I told Sweeney that, oh, we should, we should interview her because she's so uh, interesting. Scientist by day and rapper by night. So yeah. she's like a success, success, successful rapper. And... I had like on my iPhone notes, like I, I we wrote it down who we were gonna interview. Like it would be cool if we would interview Ruby. And then lo and behold, I saw her a, a week ago or two weeks ago, uh, going to this event with Ruby Ibarra. And Sweeney probably forgot. And I told her, Sweeney, we are manifesting what we were planning a year ago. And now you're rubbing elbows with Ruby Ibarra. And I had no idea this was the same person. (laughs) 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 I mean, that's just like one small example. But, you know, a lot of the things that we're doing now is like manifesting itself. When we started this podcast, it was just out of the blue, like, you know, why not? You know, let's let's it's an excuse to hang out, you know, Mm -hmm. um, for us to see each other, get to know each other. Because I don't know if you know, Carla, but Meg and I and the three other ladies that are not here right now, but very much a part of this podcast. We've been friends since first grade back in St. Scholastica's Academy in Bacolod City. And so, you know, how many people can say they, they, you know, they've been friends with someone for 32 plus years, right? So we thought we thought we were interesting enough to have a podcast. So we just tried it. Um, And for so for the first season, we talked a lot about us, our childhood, you know, how we were raised, how we were disciplined. The dating life is different, blah, blah, blah. And then for second season, we're interviewing people like yourself, you know, that because we want to highlight Filipinos, immigrants that are here doing big things in 
all types of industries. You know, we've interviewed someone in the movie industry or Broadway and then fashion and then just all kinds. And so we're really happy that you're here sharing your story with us. So manifesting is real, you guys. If you're listening to this and there's something you want to happen, it starts with that desire and then allow yourself to say it out loud, no matter how impossible. I'm getting teary-eyed. Wait (laughs) Wait a second. I know. <laughs> I know. Like, but no matter no matter how impossible and crazy it sounds, just say it anyway. And you, mm-hmm. you never know, you know, who's listening or the universe and the stars aligning and one day it's going to happen and you'll be glad you at least said it out loud and you can tell yourself one day like, shoot, I said that yeah. and it's happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was telling, interestingly, you mentioned that, um, that the power of declaration I was telling my husband earlier that I I still cannot believe about the master's program in USC. Um, I told him that there is really, you know, like power in words. Just declare it. Just tell yourself like, oh, I'm going to do this. You may not have a plan right now, but you will be surprised how that path that you're taking is actually leading there to what your heart like truly desires. Yeah. Um, it's just amazing. <laughs> yeah. I'm an ugly crier. <laughs> oh, so am I. So am I. I can't. I'm like Kim Kardashian. Some people just talk and cry. Kat is like that. We had an episode where she like got teary eyed. She's talking and it just tears are falling. I'm like, that's that's not possible for me. I'm going to turn yeah. red. I'm going to make the ugly cry face. I can't do it. You know, some people pretty cry. Um, so speaking of manifestation, we're going to do something now that maybe in the future, you and I and Meg can look back and say, wow, Carla said that here. So what is left? What, what, what's next for you to manifest? Say it out loud. I will graduate um, with my master's of public health degree from USC in two years. You will see me in the city, probably in Congress. Mm. Uh, <laughs> yes um, my husband and I are talking about kids already mm-hmm. um, so we'll see we'll see if it's in the cards for us then you know oh, kids are can be annoying but I'm looking forward to the family life currently mm-hmm. we have three cats mm-hmm. so that's a good training right there but yeah. I know that, that kids can be like a handful yeah, yeah. they talk back girl Just I know <laughs> I don't have any true. kids I don't know yeah these are the things that i'm manifesting now you know having a healthy happy family more success and of course like my 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 filipinos here um you know keep doing what you're doing um like show everyone that filipinos are something else that we are amazing at what we do and what we choose to do we really excel and no one can take that from us because that's in our blood. <laughs> yeah, for sure. As a Filipino, what is your hope for the LGBTQIA community in the Philippines and the homeland? And what do you foresee will change in the next few years? Do you um, personally, do you have any hope that marriage equality will transpire in the Philippines? <laughs> well, maybe not in the in the near future. But I, I remain hopeful because Filipinos are intelligent. You know, we are very resilient people. Even though like we're going through a lot of, um, you would say a lot of like struggles um, when it comes to like 
you know, like policies in the Philippines. I don't doubt that one day it will come. Maybe not in this decade, who knows? But I remain hopeful. And my, my, my hope and wish to the Filipino LGBT community, especially back in the Philippines, is to keep fighting, you know, never stop. Um, we're doing this not only for ourselves, but always have it in mind at the back of your head that you're doing it also for the future generations of trans people and LGBTs to come. That, you know, that we may no longer have a kid like me before who is struggling um, internally, but can't open up to anyone. Those kids whom we lost, you know, in this fight to equality because they cannot talk to anyone. I hope that we will not have those kind of stories anymore. But instead, again, with what I said in my post on Instagram, that, you know, feats like going to grad school, um, having um, a legitimate seat in government as a, an, a trans person is not an exception to the rule, but instead the actual norm. Um, so that's, that's my hope. And we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, you know, thank you so much for being here with us today. I do want you to talk very quickly, just a preview, because I think maybe um, maybe Meg uh, wants to know about this, too. But I know that uh, Jason is the one that that connected us from SoCal Filipinos and that you're going to be leading that Maharlika group. So if just quickly, you can talk about what, you know, what people can expect with this group and what are you mm-hmm. planning to do with this? Actually, it's uh, Bahaghari. Oh, um, so well, I don't know why I said Maharlika. My bad. Bahaghari. I don't know why. No, 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 you're good. Maharlika sounds amazing too. Um, so what Bahaghari. is Maharlika? Why did that come into my mind? <laughs> um, so Bahaghari is actually the, the official LGBTQIA plus arm of the so-called Filipinos group. So it's a subgroup you would say, um, mm-hmm. of the so-called Filipinos group in Facebook. So I'm one of the admins. Um, Jason, you're amazing. <laughs> um, so Jason was the one who, who tapped me to, to, to take on, you know, the leadership of the group. Um, so essentially what, what, what people can expect, it's actually a group to socialize, to network with fellow oh. Filipino LGBTs. Um, forward to we, that. Also, we also do share resources in the group. We share... Um, like successes of LGBTs, especially Filipino LGBTs in film and in and, and all other industries. Um, and at the same time, opportunities, you know, for specifically for Filipino LGBTs. Um, so it's it's really an amazing group um, and it's growing by the day. It's, so it's already up. Yeah, it's, well, it's been up. A, do you have an Instagram page for that, too? There is. I followed. Okay. in Instagram. Because Meg's not on 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 Facebook. Meg, I will I will add you to the group. Meg, don't worry. Thank you. Um. Yeah, I'm looking forward to events. Hopefully, for the group for next year. Yeah, for sure. Um. Let's hope like this COVID thing goes away. Yes. Um. It really, uh, it sucks because, you know, we've been wanting to do like actual hardcore in-person events without the fear of like bringing COVID to someone we love or us getting COVID. 
So yeah. that's my hope too, <laughs> that we do better as, you know, a human race to like, yes. just COVID go away, go away. Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you for that. And my bad, Jason, Jason's going to kill me. Like, how did you mess up the name? Huh? Sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, just too much in my mind. That's it. I have no excuse. But before we let you go, we're going to do a little quick game. Um, okay. So I've been thinking of like what I'm going to call this. So I think I'm going to call this for now. Quick with it. That's the, <laughs> that's the title of the game. And Meg and I will go back and forth asking or, you know, just posing a question to you. And you're just going to say whatever comes to mind very quickly without thinking too much. Um, so I'm going to start and there might be a little lag. So just excuse that our editor can edit it. So it's quicker. Um, so I'll start. OK, ready? I'm ready. OK, favorite food. Sinigang. Sunrise or sunset. Sunrise. Last book you read. Introduction to epidemiology. A song that that'll make you dance. Uh, uh, Born this way. Okay, shout out. <laughs> um, uh, go to karaoke song. Bakit ngayon kalang by Ogden Casis? Oh, wait, 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 wait. Uh, sample, sample. Bakit ngayon kalang? Bakit ngayon kung kailan ang aking pusoy mayroon ng lamang? Yes. <laughs> Go ahead, Meg. Favorite dessert? Um, leche flan. Sinigang or adobo? Sinigang. All the way. Sinigang is life. What show are you watching right now? Um, I'm currently watching um Anthrax by National Geographic in Hulu. Uh, <laughs> okay, okay, we'll take that. Next place you'll travel to? Mexico. Show or movie you can watch over and over again? Um, Avengers Endgame. Oh, yeah. One thing you love most about yourself? I'm Filipina and I'm trans. Yes. I'm proud of it. Oh, there's no- one more, Meg. Oh, if you had five minutes with God, what would you ask or say? God. Please change people's minds towards, you know, trans people, trans people. I love it. I love it. Good job, Carla. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Last two Ooh, the things. pressure. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> last two things, though. First, tell our viewers how to find you online, how to support the things you're doing and how to get in touch with you. Oh, thank you for um for giving me this opportunity. Um, so first you can follow me on Instagram. So my my new Instagram handle is um Miss M I S S dot Carla Ibarra. So that's my name, Carla Ibarra. Miss dot Carla Ibarra, and you can also add me on Facebook um on Carla Ibarra. Um, you can also like support us by um donating or maybe spreading the word. For St. John's Well Child and Family Center, we would do primary care not only for trans people, for any people. For kids, we have pediatrics, we have um, maternity care, we have HIV care, regardless um, of people's inability to pay. So regardless if you have insurance or if you're undocumented, it's a safe place for everyone. Um, I'll be happy to um, to make an appointment for you. There you go. Yay! And lastly... What would you like to share to those who may be struggling with their identities right now and to the rest of the world? Um, one thing, take your time. You have your own timeline. Don't be pressured if, you know, you see me and I am unapologetically trans and I'm so out. Um, it's okay not to come out yet. You know, um, that's a decision that only you 
have the power um, to do. So if you are struggling um, internally, um, with especially with your gender identity, know that you're not alone in this fight and that it's, um, it's a battle that you will for sure win sooner or later. Yeah. So never, never stop, never give up because there's always hope and the path to enlightenment is beautiful. Take it from me. <laughs> what a way to end the podcast. Please like and subscribe and comment down below to make sure that you are in tune and staying in tune with what's next with All Abroad Podcast. We are heroes and dreamers. We are